Welcome. This is Wacky Wednesday here on the Arrowhead Attic channel. I'm Adam Best here with the golden voice of Sterling Holmes and the amazing producer Richard. Sterling, how you living, man? L-I-V-I-N. I'm good. I got most of my Christmas shopping done, which is really good for me as a massive procrastinator. Uh, this is early for me, so things are all good over here. How about you? Doing great, man. I'm more of an online shopper, so nowadays we tend to be pretty early on that front, but uh, used to be a procrastinator when I did more in-person shopping because I just, I didn't want to brave the frenzy, you know, as it got worse and worse, plus braving the cold and, you know, going to bed, bath and beyond uh, in December, just, just never really appealed to me. But uh, now we have Amazon. Now we have Amazon. About books, right? That, that book company? That book company that uh, has... Thursday night football games for some reason. How did that happen? Very crazy. Well, we have a jam-packed show for you guys today. We'll dissect this week's opponent, the New England Patriots, always an interesting team to play, and do some early window shopping for veteran receivers. Let's go ahead and welcome in our guest, Sarah Marshall from Musket Fire. Sarah, how are you? Welcome on the show. Thank you guys for having me. I... um. I'm excited, like I said, to talk about this, but it is, it's, it's a role reversal a little bit. So it's going to be interesting. It's going to be a good game though. I hope. I hope. <laughs> role reversal in a lot of ways. I think, mm. uh, hopefully our best days aren't behind us too. And, yeah. and, and, you know, maybe for the Patriots, Hey, you keep rising up or, 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 you know, towards the top of that draft order. Who knows? There might be glory days ahead too. Right. Yeah, that's basically the silver lining, which is just a it's it's a crazy point to be at. I didn't anticipate, you know, in 2023 that all of our best players would be retired. We'd be talking about Bill Belichick being fired and we're all looking forward to the draft in October. That is just a crazy turn of events. But I guess we have to go through it at some point. And now that's where we are. <laughs> yeah. Time travel back five years and tell people. <sighs> Bill Belichick will be uh, hearing, you know, firing rumors. And that's just wild to me. Let's yeah. start with Belichick. Okay. Uh, we have six questions for you. Let's crack open that six pack. So Bill Belichick has sort of found a way to make sure his outgunned roster competes lately. Uh, they haven't won a lot of games, but they're at least hanging in there and keeping them close. What defensive strategy will he use to slow down the Chiefs? So I have three points <clears throat> that okay. I think they'll try and go with. I think the first thing is, you know, the uncharacteristic part of the Chiefs is their lack of firepower at receiver. And the last time that the two teams met, there was still Tyreek Hill, there was Travis Kelsey, and you had to worry about, like, who are you going to double and who are you going to let run all over you, basically. And now it's basically down to Travis Kelsey. So I think they have to try to take advantage of that a little bit. Um, it's not like the defense is horrible. They have been the better part of the Patriots team this season. So the secondary especially has been pretty good. And uh, even in Christian Gonzalez's absence, because that was a oh, tearjerker when he left, you know, looking like he was going to be defensive rookie of the year. But uh, we'll have to try and fill that, keep filling that while he is gone. I don't expect them to be too great at slowing Mahomes down. <laughs> That's not something that this defense is not good at right now. They're not great at rushing the passer and Mahomes is like 
slippery. Like he's just everywhere. I think he's only been sacked like 18 times this season. So I don't anticipate that. Um, I would also say take advantage of their iffy backfield because I saw Pacheco is still iffy to play and we didn't see a whole lot from uh, it's Clyde Edwards Hilaire, right? That's the other uh, running back didn't see a ton from him last week. So I would say the Patriots have a great run defense. So that is going to be a focus. And uh, um, I would say <sighs> trying to be the disruptor. You know, the Patriots have nothing to play for at this at this part in the season. So if you want to be like the ultimate evil, then disrupting the, the Chiefs path to the to the Super Bowl would be great a great way to, you know, end the season playing the spoiler. Yes, exactly. I mean, you know, there's that added motivation of like, Hey, they took us out of prime time. They didn't want us. Cause it's on the Patriots, you know, like Patriots fans were joking, like, haha, they switched Mahomes out of prime time. It was just a joke to, to ease the pain. Um, so that can be a little bit of added motivation there too. And then, you know, the, the chiefs are having a little bit of a struggle in their season. So, it would be nice if we could add some more roadblocks for them. Well, speaking of injured running backs, you mentioned Isaiah Pacheco, but on the Patriot side of things, Ramondre Stevenson is dealing with that ankle injury, still not practicing. Who do you expect to suit up? Is he going to be ready to go on Sunday or will it be the Zeke show once again? I think it's going to be the Zeke show for the rest of the season. Honestly, I know that a lot of people want Stevenson to come back. He wants to come back. That was something that he even said, at least sources close to him was saying that if he can suit up sometime this season over the next four games and he wants to, I hope he doesn't honestly, because as I said, the Patriots aren't playing for anything. If anything, the fans want them to play for a position in the draft. We don't need to rush a guy back with an ankle injury who's a running back. So he needs that ankle and risk injuring him further. So, I mean, he's like the only running back that they have under contract next season. So I would prefer that he stayed sidelined, keep Zeke Zeke's in the best position he could be in basically in his entire career. Cause he's gotten like no time on the field. So he's good to go. Don't don't risk uh, Mondre at all. Mm-mm. How's he been? I know he was the the guy last week. He put up some decent numbers. Um, how has he been overall? Not just as a runner, but as a pass catcher, pass protector. Obviously, offensive line for the Pats is it's okay, right? But mm-hmm. words, if it's Mac Jones or Bailey Zappi, they're not the yeah. most polished back there. Zeke is a good pass protector. What have you seen from Zeke in totality this season? I think he's gotten better recently, and that was because they've been incorporating him a bit more. I think initially the offensive line was an absolute mess. And so it looked like Zeke might have been a bad signing, which I thought was crazy. But it was because the the run game couldn't get established at all. The The protection from the offensive line wasn't allowing them to do anything it's the same issue that the quarterbacks were running into and that's why mac looked part of the reason why mac looked so bad so i think now that we've gotten that a little bit under control and a little bit more consistency from who is on the line and the injuries aren't as bad uh we're seeing more of the ezekiel elliott that we know from when he was with the cowboys it's just kind of like a smaller version of that because obviously he's only got like less than 500 yards at this point so i think we're going to use they're going to utilize him a lot more especially with question marks at the receivers he's a guy that can catch that football and run it and he's healthy so i think we're going to see him explode a bit which is exciting 
BetMGM has an unreal deal for sports fans in Virginia. Turn $5 into $150 instantly when you place your first wager at BetMGM. Simply download the BetMGM app and sign up using code CHAMPION150. Then, place a $5 wager on any sport. You'll receive $150 in bonus bets, regardless of your wager's outcome. And if you think the fun stops there, the king of sportsbooks has plenty of surprises in store. Check out daily promotions, same game parlays, live bets, and so much more. Download the app in Virginia today and get $150 in bonus bets instantly from your first wager only at BetMGM. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. 21 plus only. Virginia only. New customer offer. Subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Please gamble responsibly. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Promotional offer not available in Washington, D.C. You gave us a good transition to receivers. Our old friend, Juju Smith-Schuster, had a vintage game last week. Is he finally healthy and contributing? Oh, I don't know if I I don't know if I can say that honestly. Um, I think th- he had a good opportunity last week. Uh, I don't know if you guys know there was literally three receivers active for that game against the Steelers, and so he had to be a contributor in some way. And if he didn't, then that was kind of like a death sentence, honestly, because it's like you had all the opportunities in the world. So, um, unfortunately, that was the circumstances. But he did do well this week. We have Demario Douglas that is coming back. He was at practice today. Devontae Parker was back at practice today. So that kind of bumps Juju down a little bit. Um, But it's a little tricky to really predict what Juju can do because of the quarterback change. Like if this were still Mac Jones, I would be like, "Mm, he had one good game, but that might be it. With Bailey Zappi, there might be a different comfort level there with Juju. Maybe he likes using Juju and wants to build upon what they did last week. Um, But then we do have, like I said, Douglas pop Douglas, who is a crazy contributor as a rookie this year. So we might see that. I would assume Juju is probably going to fall down the totem pole regardless though. I do need a huge shout out to Jason Tyler right there in the chat says wisdom tooth recovery equals AA podcast and Sterling Holmes. Shout out to you, Jason. Hopefully that wisdom tooth recovery goes well for you. Uh, for you. It was absolutely brutal for me. Uh, back on the defensive side of the ball here, D-tackle Christian Barmore. He's been good on film, one of PFF's top-graded defensive tackles. What does he bring to this New England defense? I think the biggest thing is consistency. There's been so many injuries this year for the Patriots in general, but especially to critical players on the defense. We have Matthew Judon, Christian Gonzalez, Josh Uche has been dealing with things. So I think that is the biggest thing is he's very consistent. And maybe this goes a little under the radar and maybe it doesn't always show up, you know, come game day. But I would say his determination and he has gotten better. He's having a career year. He's the epitome of what a coach would want in any player, especially in a defense that has been pretty good this year and um, he's a solid contributor there. I think he's close to like 30 pressures this year, four and a half sacks. He's one of their better run defenders. So I don't think they could have asked for anything more from him. And I'm hoping this is a big reason why they'll resign him because, mm-hmm. you know, Belichick has been having a habit over the last five years. If he stays the GM, I should preface that, I guess, uh, of letting guys that are on rookie contracts walk and not re-signing them. So I think Barmar has done far enough. Mm-hmm. I have to ask this really quickly, just since you brought it up. I've said for, for a while now, 
Bill Belichick is a great head coach. Mm-hmm. Still, in my opinion, probably the best of all time. Mm-hmm. Where the issues arise, he's a horrendous GM. I mean, he is a really bad GM. I'm shocked that they didn't try to pull that title away from him first. I don't know if that would have been the death sentence to begin mm-hmm. with. But he can't draft wide receivers. He, 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 he doesn't understand how to draft a quarterback, obviously. You tell him mm-hmm. Brady the entire time. There's still nothing going on there. He lets dudes walk at seemingly too early at times. You know, everything was masked by Tom, but now we're seeing the underlying fractures. If it, if it were up to you, would you like to see him still stay as head coach, but have a different GM? Oh, I think I feel ideally that's the most like desirable situation at this point, because we know how iffy it can be to get back in the head coach search like the turnover for head coaches in the NFL is ridiculous and it's like where the Patriots are right now where they're going to need like an all new offense with an all new quarterback and then we're going to have to throw in like an all new head coach and all, all new personnel it's just like a lot to deal with so I think that's something that a lot of Patriots fans have been talking about is just stripping him of that GM thing. But I just don't know that they can do that at this point. He's been the GM for so long. It feels like if you're going to take him out of something, you just got to probably take him out completely. Uh, I don't know if he'd want to get rid of that power is the problem. So I think they definitely need a, a, a younger mind, a fresher mind doing the, doing the work with, drafting and and free agency because it's just not working anymore i mean the offense especially like the defense has been fine but that offense man it's been painful basically i mean it's a huge reason why brady even wanted to leave in the first place like he didn't have anybody to throw to so i didn't i didn't blame him in that regard i don't see any way the hoodie is gonna you know swallow his pride and relinquish Mm -hmm general manager duties and stick around just to be the coach. Well, I think well, yeah. the best, well, where else is he getting this opportunity? It's either you are still the head coach at New England or you're canned and congratulations. No, you, Walk you, on down. You're the Panthers head coach. You don't get canned. You announce that this thing has run its course and both sides decided that you, you, you know, it was time to part. Mm-hmm. Nobody has egg on their face. He goes and coaches somewhere else. I'm not saying it will work. I'm just saying I don't see him stepping back from GM and staying because that would be a bad look. The optics would not be great. Because do you think he's going to be a GM anywhere else in the NFL? Let's be real now. Is he going to be a GM anywhere else in the NFL? No, but it's not. So so what do you do? You say, okay, we've struggled. We've not hit here. If he wants to retire, retire. If he wants to be gone, be gone. But you're not. What's worse? Completely letting go or saying, hey, I understand I have not been the best GM. We'll get a new GM so I can focus more on the coaching duties. If he leaves, win-win, baby. If he leaves, he won't have to admit that. He'll just say it was time for a fresh start. I'm, you know, thrilled to collaborate with X organization. We're going to turn this around, blah, 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 blah. Uh, I, I just think that's probably what he'll do or he'll retire. But I kind of think he wants to chase Don Shula's all-time coaching win record. Is that kind of how you feel, Sarah? That's what it feels like. That feels like the main motivation of why he's even still there. <laughs> like Because most people have felt like he needed to go a couple years ago. I don't agree with that. I think we're getting to that point where there might need to be a mutual parting of ways. But yeah, I, I think it's hard for me to imagine that he'd give up the GM title for sure. I feel like that would be... 
admitting something that he doesn't want to admit you know like it would be like admitting a failure and i also think that robert Kraft is gonna want to take like the perception of that by the fans like if you're taking that part away then you're still kind of like okay so we're not fully on board with doing you know tearing it down and starting over like we're gonna give him another chance you know so it's 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 hard to imagine but i mean it's it's we've never seen like a partnership like this ever, you know, for this long and have accomplished this much. So it's really hard to imagine like how this could go down. Yeah. So let's talk about some strong suits here of the defense. Mm -hmm. I think the Patriots are pretty stacked at a linebacker and safety. I've been impressed there. What can Jelani Tavai, I don't know if I butchered that name or not. No, nope, perfect. Jabril, Pe Jabril Peppers and co do to slow down Travis Kelsey. Jabril Peppers is my guy. That's one of my favorite players this year. Um, I The good thing is, historically, if you look at how Travis Kelsey has fared against the Patriots, the Patriots have been good at slowing him down. Um, probably one of the better teams to do so. He has just one career receiving touchdown against them, I think, in five games. So that's pretty good. It's averaging 66 yards per game against the Patriots as well. Um, I think they're just going to have to keep doing what they're doing, trying to make big plays. And uh, there's not like a whole lot that you can really do to try and disrupt Patrick Mahomes. They haven't faced a quarterback like that or a tight end duo like that. Um, so even though the defense has been playing well, I don't anticipate them being able to shut Kelsey down necessarily. But um, just I think they have to just try and hope that they can kind of like get something off of uh, an interception or something. It's like, that's the only thing. Like I have no better answer at this point because uh, you know, it's easy to think about it when you're talking about Mitchell Trubisky or like Danny DeVito, <laughs> like it's easy to be like, Oh, they're going to mess up, but it's Patrick Mahomes and Travis Kelsey. Like I can't be sitting here like, please throw an interception. Like, yeah. Hey, <laughs> so, hey, Danny DeVito, hey. yeah. <laughs> yeah. So it's yeah. like, I don't know. But you guys put the rest of the league through this exact same thing with Brady mm -hmm. and Gronkowski. That so is true. It, it, it's you guys should know what it feels like uh, to do that to other teams better than anybody. I know. And it's a weird feeling because I don't enjoy it. You know, I loved it when it was my team and I got to, you know, brag about that. But now it's like being on the other side. I'm like, oh, OK. And it's only been a couple years of this. I can't imagine, you know, 15 more of this misery. but. <laughs> that's you guys are lucky in that regard well i appreciate your realism here i i i very much appreciate this so it's time to get into the score prediction i feel like you're gonna be realistic here too sometimes we have people on and they're out here trying <laughs> to be like oh yeah raiders are gonna crush the chiefs i'm like come on now can you give us a score prediction as well as a player Offensively or defensively, you think that maybe Chiefs fans should be made more aware of? Okay, so I'll start with the players because I am not great at score predictions, but this is, I mean, I think this is pretty okay. But I would say uh, on the defense, I have two. One on offense, one on defense. Defense, Anthony Jennings. That is a name that I'm sure a lot of people have never heard of before. And if you, even if you're a Patriots fan, you maybe didn't even know he was on the team until this year because he hasn't done a whole lot. But he has been a huge asset for the defense, especially since Matthew Judon went down, essentially, I guess, for the season. Um, he's been really great at setting the edge, but he's all over the field and he is having the best season of his career. So he's kind of like a Swiss army knife, which is something that Belichick loves. And I think that uh, he's gone under the radar a bit. So I 
pay attention to him. And then I've mentioned him a couple times already, but I think offensively it's going to be Pop Douglas because he's coming off of, I think, missing two or three games with a concussion. But before that, he was playing crazy great for for their offense um i know it's not saying a whole lot considering how the offense has played this year for the patriots but he is a rookie and he's been great arguably the best receiver on the field so i would pay attention to him and my guess is close close mine is kansas city 24 new england 14 i don't anticipate them winning i'd like to see them be a disruptor but you know that angry Patrick Mahomes, Travis Kelsey, Andy Reid combo coming into Gillette Stadium on a game that got flexed out of Sunday night football, Monday night football. Ah, that doesn't sound too great. So um, I don't know about being a disruptor is going to be enough motivation for them to take that down. I like Pop Douglas, though. It, it seems yeah. like New England has plucked another in that long line of Welker and Edelman and Jacoby Myers and they just keep finding these guys, plucking them from obscurity, it seems like. Yeah, I know. He was a six-rounder. Like, I mean, he, they didn't even address the, the the wide receivers until the sixth round. So I'm like, okay, well, at least, you know, for, for right now, Kayshawn Booty hasn't been doing anything. At least we got one. Demaro Douglas has been great. So The Patriots are, are, are like that SpongeBob meme where there's the really skinny, wimpy one, mm -hmm. and that's like big contracts or wide receivers drafting them in the first or second round. Yep. And then the Patriots are like the muscular uh, SpongeBob <laughs> when it's like finding unheralded wide receivers. They're unbelievable at it. Yeah. And it, it, it's kind of like, well, maybe just stop paying receivers and, and try to draft them early because you can't do it. But you're great at finding these unsung heroes. Yeah. And it, I mean, it's, it's panned out well in some regard, you know. But then when you think about the fact that they chose like Nikhil Harry over like AJ Brown and Debo Samuel. And that, that is something that will never live down. Like every time you see those guys go off in a game, you you're guaranteed to see a Patriots fan mention the fact that Nikhil Harry was chosen over them. So that, that is when you're like, mm, maybe we should have gone for the big guy, but you know, Oh, well, <laughs> we have our own Nikhil Harry uh, and Nicole Harmon. So don't feel too oh. bad. We passed on DK Metcalf. So, Oh yeah. That was an, that's another name that we passed on too. Yep. For Nikhil Harry. Yeah. So Sterling's yeah. giving me that face. I'm trying to make our guest feel better. Yeah. I would take <laughs> Nicole Hardman in a heartbeat over Nikhil Harry. I would take Sky Moore over yeah. Nikhil Harry. Fair point. Uh, I mean, Nikhil Harry's the difference. He, I mean, he's on the Vikings now, but I don't think he's really doing anything. So I mean, I would take a Harry's razor over Nikhil Harry. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, thanks for joining us, Sarah. We really appreciate it. And uh, best of luck on Sunday. Thank you so much. Uh, go Pats. Ooh, boo. <laughs> boo. <laughs> I was firmly expecting a strong Boston accent. Yeah, and we didn't get it. I know. We, I, we I know she's from, you know, it's Foxborough and all that stuff. But I was expecting, you know, a Harvard Yard type situation going on there. Go to like, your car. Yeah, that's what I was expecting. But uh, I'm glad because I couldn't have done a, a Bostonian accent the whole time. Uh, but that was a lot of fun. Obviously, she knows a lot of what she's talking about because she's very realistic. And I like that. I like the fact that she's focused on one of the aspects. And that's and that's Pop Douglas, which, by the way, if you're nicknamed Pop in the NFL, apparently you're going to be a very good player. But the Patriots have had some uh, some similar issues that the Chiefs have had, and that's identifying, drafting, developing at wide receiver. Uh, I am still going to go ahead and say I would just strip Bill Belichick of 
the GM title and just let him be the head coach. But that's just me. I'd strip him of everything. I think he's washed. Wow. I, pause. Pause. Come be, literally. Best, you guys heard that. Best just said he would strip Bill Belichick of everything. Best. Literally nobody oh. wants to imagine that, see that, go there. Let's just move on very quickly. Uh, but I think I think he's washed. I think he's an egomaniac. And How do you know he's washed? He, he's a defensive. Because oh, gosh. He stripped everything. He's a defensive-minded coach, and, and we're trending more in a more analytical offensive direction. Uh, apparently, Chargers fans really want him, and I think that would be the worst thing to do. To Justin Herbert needs somebody who can empower him. I, I, I just don't see the fascination with Tom Brady. I mean, uh, Bill Belichick, because I think it's obvious now Tom Brady was the driving force behind that dynasty. Uh, I, I want to get to a couple of comments here that I find hilarious. Uh, Balloon Raccoon, always appreciate you. Carl Cheffers sleeps in jeans. Carl Cheffers eats the peels of fruits, but not the fruit itself. Um, two good ones right there. Yeah, he seems like a masochist. I mean, who else would come to Kansas City and try to uh, enrage 80,000 fans every time they're here? Yeah. Uh, all right, you want to do it? I mean, pause. The guy who just uh, dude, come on, got, get your got, mind out of the gutter. Got all over me about best. Get your mind Bill out of Belichick. the gutter. Come on, I said let's move on to the next segment. Let's move on. Let's to get win- it on. Let's do some window shopping for wide receivers. I, I mean, the Chiefs are in such a state of disarray that I didn't even have a hot take kingdom today because nothing feels like a hot take about this team. I can see them going any which direction given their current state. And uh, I think the obvious issue where we're going to jump into today is they have to throw a lot of resources at the wide receiver position in the 2024 offseason. So I thought it'd be fun to kind of look through what some of these potential options are. Second rounders and, and dumpster diving Wait a minute. Do we, yeah. do we not do we not get to do the dance though still? Like I was really looking forward to the dance. Like we, think through tactical in the chat. It says I am just here for the Adam dance. And you're telling me. You're I, telling I, hey, me. I, there's the dance right there. Half half ass. That's a half ass dance right well, there. Well, I mean, it's hard to dance without music. We all know this. No dancing. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I tried. I tried. Just a dirty dancing or the uh, dirty, what's it, dirty dancing town? Come on now. Nobody puts baby in corner? Come on. So I think they've been trying to kind of, let's just call them kind of cheap with the position since losing Tyreek Hill. They've been focusing their resources in other places. Edge, corner, uh, offensive line, obviously. They have massively overcorrected there. So let's jump in and see some actual top tier, at least mid tier options they can pursue via trade and free agency in 2024. The upper tier trade targets, let's start there. I want to preface this by saying it's unlikely. However, this is the juncture that AJ Brown got moved because he wanted a quasi market setting deal. And the Titans said the same thing to him that the Chiefs said to Tyreek Hill, that the Packers said to Devontae Adams, we're not going to pay you that much. We're going to trade you to somebody who will. So those three names are Justin Jefferson, 
CeeDee Lamb and Brandon Ayuk. All, all three are due massive extensions. They will probably get them. They will probably get them with the Vikings, Cowboys, and 49ers respectively. But you call because you never, ever know. Right, Sterling? I, I'm with you. I, for example, I don't think Jefferson has hardly any shot of being moved. I don't think C.D. Lamb has hardly any shot of being moved. But Brandon Ayuk's an intriguing one because I don't know. And again, I've not gone through the books of all the 49ers players. And obviously it helps when you have Brock Purdy, a rookie quarterback <laughs> on a rookie deal, right? That saves mm-hmm. you a ton of cash. But when you have guys like Trent Williams and Christian McCaffrey as a running back getting paid a ton of money, when you have Debo Samuel is going to be up for contract, right? You have that big one. Um, you know, do you keep Debo or do you keep Brandon Ayuk defensively? There's a ton of money defensively on that roster. Chase as well. Young is up. Uh, George Kittle's on the books. So I wouldn't be as surprised if one of those three guys were to be moved. Brandon Ayuk's the one I would expect. Again, I think Ayuk's perpetually one of the more underrated players in the NFL. Um, you know, if you're an analytical guy, which best you are, you understand the value of Brandon Ayuk. Um, it, it's really interesting where the eye test is there, but because he doesn't get targets or quite the box score numbers of even a guy like Debo sometimes, people think he's a wide receiver too. Don't get it twisted. Brandon Ayuk is a wide receiver one. He is legitimately one of the best wide receivers in the NFL, perpetually underrated. His market will reflect that, but I hope, and I hope, 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 that market reflects it in Kansas City. Me too. He is currently second in yards per route run to only Tyree Kill to underscore your point there. This is a mini hot take kingdom right here. I'm actually going to say CeeDee Lamb is the least likely from this group to get moved. And here's why. He has a quarterback in place. They have a franchise quarterback who is currently an MVP candidate. They are in you know a great place as a team. And then you look at Justin Jefferson the astronaut has come back down to earth, right? They have no quarterback of the future. Kirk Cousins at his age, coming back from an Achilles, good luck. It may be that Justin Jefferson wants to go somewhere with a better quarterback. It may be that the Vikings need to find that franchise quarterback and trading Justin Jefferson is an avenue to that. If they want to get into the Caleb Williams or Drake May sweepstakes, Justin Jefferson could fetch them enough of a return to trade up and do that. So I think CeeDee Lamb is the least probable. Justin Jefferson is the second least probable. And then Brandon Ayuk is uh, probably the most likely, but still not that likely to get moved. Sure. I would actually agree pretty much uh, with everything you just said, which is weird. I, I, that's, that's yeah, not, it's it, not normal. I'm kind of like uh, – do you want me to rephrase that so you can hear it again? I'm not sure you got it the first time. Maybe. I want to argue with you. We're on the same page. <laughs> no, and again, the guy in the chat, Mahomey, 30 guys, we aren't getting. No, no, no. We don't think they're going to get them. We don't really think. We're, we're talking about possibilities here, okay? This is all. We're going from most unlikely down to most likely, okay? Mahomey, 30. Okay. We're on the same and, page now. Yeah, and Philly didn't think they were getting A.J. Brown. They actually went after... Allen Robinson and he declined. He decided to go to Los Angeles. I mean, talk about good fortune there. So let's move on to upper tier free agents. This group is very exciting and we don't know what their team's ownership, salary cap situations, timelines, if they will be uh, retained as unrestricted free agents, like if they'll be franchised or whatever. T Higgins of Cincinnati, 
Michael Pittman of the Indianapolis Colts, and Hollywood Brown, who's currently down in Arizona with the Cardinals. What do you think of that group? I'm not a huge fan of Hollywood Brown. I know I'm kind of in the minority here. I, I think he's a good wide receiver, but to me, I, I, I again, if he's on this Chiefs wide receiver room right now, he moves the needle. But in the grand scheme of things, I'm not a huge Hollywood Brown fan. Love Michael Pittman. I feel um, I'd be shocked if he's not a Colt. I mean, the Colts, I feel like are just going to throw a ton of money at that guy. Michael Pittman has been, again, one of those underrated wide receivers now. Ever since he came into the NFL this year, he's really blossomed but because he plays on a team that, again, they're over 500. But they're not the most exciting team to watch. And you have to remember, Anthony Richardson's coming back next year. They need a wide receiver one to help him along. I think he stays a Colt. T. Higgins is intriguing. Um, he's not being used properly. I would have to imagine he himself would probably want out at this point, right? Because it's clear Jamar Chase and then everyone else, right? They're not even using him when Joe Burrow was healthy. And now they have Jake Browning throwing him the rock. He's still not getting involved enough. He strikes me as a guy who wants to be a wide receiver one on a team. He wants to be the alpha. I think of this list, I think quite frankly, the most likely might actually be T Higgins. Yeah. If it's straight through free agency, I can totally see it. There's no way in hell it's going to be a sign and trade. The Bengals, you know, over their dead body. This is the last place in the league they would send him to. But if they don't feel like they can franchise him and he escapes Cincinnati, I could see it. Uh, He's he's kind of a – maybe a Mike Williams upgrade is the kind of archetype that I see in him. Michael Pittman, you're totally right there. You never know with a crazy owner and Jim Ursay, and and I mean crazy. Look look at what happened with Jonathan Taylor last offseason. But you have Anthony Richardson, who looks like a budding superstar, coming off shoulder uh, shoulder surgery. You don't want to pull his number one target away from him. And and, and this guy, he's not like some spectacular big play merchant. Not a lot of explosives, but he gets open. Constantly. He reminds me of Michael Thomas, maybe like a poor man's Michael Thomas when Michael Thomas was in his prime. As far as Hollywood Brown, I've always liked Hollywood Brown, but he always seems to be banged up. He does have the drops problem. I'm not someone who harps on drops as much as, as other people do. I don't think they're totally sticky, but they've been so bad in Kansas City. I don't want to bring anybody in with questionable hands. One final thought on this group of guys, especially in regards to T. Higgins, because I just looked up his birthday. He's 24, going to be 25 in January, right? So Mm -hmm. 25 when he hits the free agent market. I wonder if he takes a slightly shorter deal. Let's just say a three-year deal. Um, I'm not saying he will, but I'm wondering with these guys who hit free agency at age 25, instead of, let's say, a five-year deal, they they take a three instead. The reason being, you you hit free agency yet again, uh, a third contract at that point at 28 which to me would be a good deal, a good move for these players. When you're looking around the NFL right now, especially for most wide receivers, when you start getting into the you know, 29-30, your contract just completely drops off. You still get another contract at 28, that, that two eights in front of your name instead of a two nine or 30, it's a big difference. I, I think that would actually behoove you if you're an agent. Take a three-year slightly shorter deal instead of that four or five so when you hit your third contract, you can still get a pretty lucrative deal. That's just my two cents, and I wonder if agents, and again, Kansas City, this would help them if they would be on the same page with it. 
Makes sense. Tyree Kill and Devontae Adams both got huge deals around that age. They didn't have the three at the front of their age anymore. And I think when teams see the three uh, with wide receivers, they think that age cliff is coming. It's a great transition to this next group. Aging veteran free agents looking to win. The three guys I have in this list, and one is a little bit more iffy than the other two. Mike Evans, who every time I think he's going to slow down, he just doesn't. It doesn't matter who's at quarterback for the Tampa Bay Bucks; He keeps going. Calvin Ridley, been up and down in Jacksonville. I don't know that he'll want to stay there. He and Trevor Lawrence have never really seemed, other than some fleeting moments, to be on the same page. And then maybe Odell Beckham? You know, Odell Beckham uh, has been playing better as of late, could be finally fully healthy, or at least as healthy as he's going to be at this age. What do you think about those three names? Yeah. Um, And also a huge shout to Chris for the super chat there. He brings up some good names. Mike Evans, Calvin Ridley, Curtis Samuel, all free agents too. We're going to hit on a few of those. Actually, we got it right here in our show sheet, but Chris, we really do appreciate you. You're always so, uh, so kind. Um, This next tier of guys, Mike Evans, Calvin and OBJ, OBJ, a flyer as in not 15 million up to five. I like OBJ. And actually, quite frankly, he's really come on. Seems like the injury is now firmly behind him. If you've watched in the past few weeks with Baltimore, it's like one or two big plays a game. It's actually the thing that Chiefs are missing right now, that big explosive play. It's funny. He's been only doing that for the Ravens. It's interesting to watch. Um, Calvin Ridley, I like in a nutshell. Like, I think if you're creating a wide receiver in a lab, you're like, yeah, Calvin Ridley. But He's getting up there in age more so than you think because of all the off the field stuff, the injuries, just everything in general. He's, he's a, an old rookie too. Yeah, he's older than you think. Um, He'll be 29 may, next year. Which maybe again behooves Kansas City in regards to it keeps his volume or his value down. Okay, there, there's another one. Um, but of this three, three dudes, I, I like Mike Evans and here's why. I think it's a one-year contract. I think it's maybe a two-year contract. Maybe I'm mistaken here, but I think someone's going to still give a three-year deal to Calvin Ridley, even though he's 29, right? OBJ is, again, it's fine, but I still wonder if some team gives him a large one-year deal. Mike Evans, I still think there's a lot left in the tank, and I don't think he's getting anything more than a two-year deal. I think Mike Evans to Kansas City of this group makes the most sense realistically, and quite frankly, that's who I want the most as well. Yeah, Mike Evans has been so reliable, right? Plays through injuries, shows up, is extremely tough. Uh, I think he still has his streak of a thousand yard seasons going. I don't know if he's going to hit that this year. I haven't checked, but he's he has one of the longest streaks, much like Kelsey of all time. And then you look at Calvin Ridley, uh, not the most reliable guy. Odell Beckham, his health betrays him quite a bit. I would probably. You, you just said you don't know if Mike Evans is going to hit it this year. Dude already has 1,000 yards and 10 touchdowns. I mean, Mike Evans is one of those guys, like you know is good, right? But I don't think you understand how good he is until you look at his, his stats. It's, I mean, that's nuts. Look at that team. He's got 1,000 yards and 10 touchdowns already. Yeah, yeah. Baker's just, you know, throwing up prayers to to him and uh and Rashad White, who's also been very good. 
Uh, yeah, I just hadn't checked the stat uh, primetime gala, so I didn't want to talk out of my ass until I knew he had a thousand yards. But of course he does. I, I want to say this is like season eight, season nine in a row. He's the uh, the ageless wonder, and probably the reason Johnny Manziel got overdrafted. If we're being frank, right? Mm-hmm. At least now it sure seems like that. <laughs> yeah, let's hit some dark horses, rapid fire style. Kind of looking for this year's DJ Moore, someone that comes out of nowhere that you don't expect to get moved, but ends up getting traded. So let's look at the other side of that Niner situation. If they prefer to keep Ayuk, which I would, and I think they probably will, could they move Debo instead? Yeah. Uh, Debo's already got that one second contract, right? Because he had to get the running back clause basically put in there where if they use him as a... uh, ball carry out of the backfield it gets a little larger chunk of change which they obviously use but that would make sense for the Niners to keep a uh, Ayuk and then move Debo just based on how they've used Debo right they've put a lot of miles on that guy uh, he's been run hard and so I wonder if they're going to try and get out early um, I would still be very interested in Debo but I'm very intrigued to see what that contract would look like because um, other teams are going to have the same thought process of are we going to give this dude a four-year deal after he plays both wide receiver and running back, the amount of hits he's taken. And again, that's why that original contract uh, had some RB um, provisions already put in it. Yeah. And and he he only wants to play running back so much and it's kind of worrisome having him play running back because the injury rate will obviously be higher, but that's part of what makes him special. And I think if you relegate him to strictly a receiver, you don't get the same special player as as the dual threat Debo. So uh, it, it, it's tricky, but he's a great player. He would, I mean, imagine what Andy Reid would do with him once he got locked in, in in Kansas City. Let's do a quick frustration watch. Here are five players who I can see them being a little, uh, I can see them being malcontents in their current situation. DK Metcalf. Out. Out as in no possibility. I, I the Chiefs had their opportunity. I would be shocked if Brett Veach. Maybe I'm wrong, but I would be shocked. I would be that would be maybe the most surprising one is hey we could have had the guy same thing like George Pickens like in a couple of years right I I don't see it don't see it. It's kind of the same thing with Belichick. It'd be admitting a mistake in your eyes. Yeah, I mean I, again Veach is very. Um, like Breland speaks, his first ever draft pick, a dude he traded up to get, he come early on on that rookie deal. Like he's not afraid to make the tough decision, but I, I I just don't think that DK Metcalf, or again, when you could have had him on a rookie contract, not paying debit and credit trading for, and then they, I, I would be very surprised. Well, they passed on him for a reason. And re- regardless if that was a good reason or not, he wasn't a beach guy from the start, obviously. If you, if you reach for McCall Hardman instead of taking him, this is a doubleheader. Drake London and Kyle Pitts. They're just never going to get the ball the amount they should in an Arthur Smith system. You got to wonder at this point. And I, I see Pitts as a glorified wide receiver, much yeah. in the same vein as Travis Kelsey. You sort of have to wonder at what point will these guys get flustered and say, hey, send me to a team that actually throws me the ball. Yeah, Drake London, I would be more surprised about. Kyle Pitts, I think, 
makes a little more sense. Kyle Pitts is one of the worst blocking Titans in football, but again, that's okay. Um, <laughs> in Andy Reid's system, he cares more about a Titan that can catch at least Titan one. Um, I I would love Kyle Pitts, but again, it, it feels like one of those ones where why would the Falcons like if you're the GM, you're gonna keep him. Like I know Arthur Smith does not use him a ton, but you're gonna keep him. He's he's too talented, and because of the lack of production, what's that contract gonna look like? I don't think it's gonna cost a ton to keep him. Oh, I don't think he's coming back. You if, think there's no chance? You th- you think well, there's there, no chance? I think he's got to feel like at this point, and obviously he's a good kid who's who's committed to his current team and and playing hard and and not complaining but his value has very much been suppressed by his utilization they just do not use him they do not target him enough Uh, man i can't london they actually are using a little bit better as his tenure goes on but yes i have no quarterback let's be real you have no one that can throw the ball um, you have Desmond Ritter and Tyler and Tyler Heineke. If they get a quarterback, then maybe things change. But when you have no QB, of course, you're not gonna be able to get the ball out to London or uh Pitts as much as you'd like. Again, the frustrating part if you're a Kyle Pitts fan, fantasy football owner, they use Johnny mm-hmm. Smith all the time. They get him involved in the run game occasionally, which is just and I think through it too. They're they're using a, oh, bu- yeah, baby. a, a bunch of tight ends. I have a, a, a little prediction that I could see coming true. Justin Fields is a Georgia guy. Oh. I think he's worn out his welcome in Chicago. I think Arthur Smith would like a running quarterback, kind of kind of a more mobile Tannehill. I could see him being sent to as the a, Dirty South, to the ATL. As a dynasty fantasy football, I'm in one dynasty league that owns Justin Fields and who owns Kyle Pitts. Oh, baby. Oh, baby. Sign me up. (laughs) That's a double whammy. Deontay Johnson. I'm a Deontay Johnson fan. He gets open. He gets open. And Pittsburgh, they've been known to trade receivers and let receivers go. You're in. I, I'm in. I know you're in. He makes some of the most absurd catches you will see, and then he will drop the easy ones. He fits in perfectly here in Kansas City. Absolutely. But the thing that I love most about him, again, I've said time and time and time again, I thought Sky Moore was going to be Deontay Johnson. Obviously, I am wrong. The reason why I like that comp is because I love Deontay Johnson. He perpetually gets open. He's a phenomenal route runner without having some of the crazy athletic abilities and the, the, the combine numbers that you'd expect from a guy with that sort of acceleration. I am all in on Deontay Johnson. I just hope he could catch a little bit better. But again, he's a guy that can be Mahomes' security blanket. Because you know why? He will bleeping get open. And the thing about Deontay is when he got there, it was the corpse of Ben Roethlisberger. It was Duck Hodges, Mason Rudolph, Trubisky, Pickett. He's never even played with a good quarterback. Well, never. Pro, pro, pro Bowl Mitchell Trubisky to you, but yeah. Not in, not in Pittsburgh, not in, not in Pittsburgh. So he is a master separator. I would be very interested uh, in him as well as this other guy. Wait, doesn't he feel like really quickly Deontay Johnson? Doesn't he feel like a Kansas City Chief? Like his body type. It's not this big body dude is going to go up and get it. He can get it for his size, but this is not a six four X, right? 
He feels like a Kansas City Chief. It feels like an Andy Reid, Brett Veach type of wide receiver. Deontay Johnson, to me, making a lot of sense here. This next guy is a huge favorite of mine. And while he's a consummate pro, and I don't see him complaining in public because he means so much of that franchise, he knows it, the city knows it, everybody in that organization knows it, it is Terry McLaurin. Would he finally want out of this commander's franchise that is probably going to fire their coach, get a new name, hit the reset button? Well, it might be Eric Bieniemy. So it depends it on how it depends on how that relationship is. I love Terry McLaurin. Um, part of me wonders if he would get the same run elsewhere. Like he's clear wide receiver one, and quite frankly, Washington does have some decent weapons as well. Um, obviously, Curtis Samuel. There's another wide receiver they have that I like a lot. I'm actually drawing a blank on his name, so I apologize. Jahan Dotson. Jahan Dotson. Um, and even with some talent there, he's still like the guy. They try and feed him there a ton. I wonder if he wants to give that up, the security, right, of going somewhere else where is he still going to have that kind of numbers, put up the same numbers somewhere else. Like he's going to get paid in Washington. He'll be the dude in Washington. But we'll yeah, get that somewhere else. I think his personality is he wants to win just from observing him over the years. And if you look at DJ Moore, and Stefan Diggs, who I think both those players share some similarities with Terry McLaurin. He sees what's happened when they move, particularly Stefan Diggs. You could see Terry McLaurin being Patrick Mahomes's Stefan Diggs. And that, that has a real good ring to it to me. And I'm, I'm sure McLaurin, he, but he does seem like a loyal guy. And they do market him as the face of the franchise. And they just lost their, their two-star edges. They don't have a lot of faces some of this hinges on whether or not Sam Howell is the guy moving forward in Washington. Well, he slangs that ball, man. He's he fun to watch. He slangs it. He might not be the best dude out there, but he's going to throw with a rock. <laughs> he, he's like uh, an even more exciting version of Baker. Yeah. I, I kind of think. You have any other ideas before we move on? No, man. I, 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 that's a good list right there. I like that. That's a good, that, great jumping off point. Curtis Samuel and some of these other guys – they're just going to be what we've been doing. We need we need a real fix here. Time for the crowd-pleasing Casey stock market. You ready for some Casey stock market? Always ready. Let's do it. Greed, for lack of a better word, is good. It's a wazi, it's a woozy, it's a fairy dust. Tell me the difference between stupid and illegal and I'll have my wife's brother arrested. <laughs> Between Clyde Edwards-Alaire and Jarek McKinnon, the Chiefs Frankenstein together and Isaiah Pacheco performance. Pump or dump? Pump, they did. I mean, it was nice. Clyde was very, uh, I don't want to say effective, because you look at the box score, it wasn't the most effective. But when they used him correctly and he was running hard, it looked really good. When they ran actually to the left side over Wanye Morris, I loved watching that because Wanye is a, uh, it's a bulldozer right there. Um, I actually liked watching Clyde in this game. They got him involved as a pass catcher. That one screen pass was electric. Uh, and then Jarek McKinnon, he showed the strength, right? In the short yardage situation, the seven-yard touchdown again over Wanye Morris' side. Yeah, they they did. I mean, I, I love Pacheco. Don't get me wrong. The, the, the Chiefs running back room is better with Pacheco involved, better with him in it. But they did a great job. And so I'm saying pump. Yes, they did Frankenstein and Isaiah, and Isaiah Pacheco performance last uh, last week. Man, Jordan Poyer 
getting hurdled by CEH. That was, that had to be pretty embarrassing. Uh, another funny moment, God, who's, who's the guy? Who's the, I'm blanking on the name, Greg Rousseau. Greg Rousseau is a 6'6 or 6'7 defensive end for the Bills. They sent CEH on something like a little wheel route and Greg, oh, Greg Rousseau was covering him. And it reminded me of that picture of Manute Bull standing next to Muggsy Bogues. It was crazy. He was he, he was taller. Than, he looked like, like a, a foot and a half taller than Clyde, right? He was so close. Good job by Clyde just getting it, like keeping his hands there. Because I have no idea he even saw the ball at all. And it was so great throw by Mahomes. It's one of those ones where you're, you're like, you don't expect him to catch it. But it was so close to being just a phenomenal play. Mahomes drops those in there. Like I, that seemed like a, a completion that was not possible. But I'm also I'm pumping here. I'm a big Jarek McKinnon fan. You guys all know that. That's the kind of uh, running back I would pursue. I think his time spent in that Shanahan system, even though it was uh, marred with injuries, he he really hits the hole. He really has much like Raheem Mostert. As he's gotten older, he knows how to keep himself healthy. He knows how to how to run the ball. And, and that's kind of funny to say that a guy that's older and is slowed down is now a better player than he used to be, but there's just so much savvy there and feel for the game that I think he, he could be sort of a remedy in the red zone for the chiefs. Uh, against the bills, Rasheed Rice finally played over 80% of snaps. It was 85 to be exact. Andy Reed has seen the light and will keep doing this pumper dump. I hear angels singing hallelujah. There is a light shining down on the computer right now. Doves are flying as Sterling is eloquently demonstrating. Man, this is the moment we've been waiting for. And I don't know what took so long, but I'm glad we've arrived here. And I don't think Rasheed Rice did anything that would discourage them playing him so much. Yeah, he did have that fumble. But you know what? He's been he's been getting open, catching the ball, and and racking up yak, making things happen. Who else from this receiving core has consistently game in game out been making things happen? They have to keep going to him. And I like that Andy Reid, and, and this is an Andy Reid staple. He immediately on the next drive, first play, right back to Rasheed Rice. Don't get in your head about that fumble. I really like that. I'm pumping here. Call me Brooks and Dunn. Because I saw the light. I've been baptized by the love in your eyes. <laughs> I'm a brand new man. I'm a brand new man. Andy Reid's a brand new man. Because guess what? This is a rookie wide receiver. He's going to start playing 80% of the snaps for the rest of the season. I am all in, best, all in. I do want to give a huge, huge shout out again to Chris Wright. Not only for the very generous Super Chat earlier, but also for gifting five memberships. Hell yeah, Chris. Appreciate you. Thank you, Chris. What a good dude. From a C to a double C, Chamari Connor, incredible in week 14, especially in coverage, I thought. So I'm saying he and Brian Cook will be the starters at safety in 2024. Mm. The question I have is, what is Justin Reed's contract? It is $14.5 million. Now, I'm going to get in trouble for talking about this, probably. I wonder why I, you brought this one up. I, thought, I think he's an obvious cut candidate because... He's just not good in coverage. I, I, I know a lot of Chiefs fans like him. He plays hard. He's a smart player. He's tough. He tackles to people, but he's perpetually late in coverage. Even late on the run, I just have not been impressed. 
And the Chiefs can save like eleven and a half million by cutting him. I, I think I think they they do it if they can get out and save that much money. I really like Justin Reed. I understand what you're saying in regards. I think he brings more to the table than what PFF says. Again, I think PFF at times can be a great jumping off point, but Justin Reed kind of is the heart of the defense, right? He, he's done a nice job yeah. filling in for Tyron Matthews. The leadership role aspect aspect of things. I think a lot of players look up to him. He's been the veteran in the secondary. I again, that's a lot of money for a safety, but I, I do think he brings more to the table than just the stats and the PFF numbers and the coverage grade and all that stuff. I, I I've been a pretty because I was very harsh on the deal originally of Justin Reed, but mm-hmm. he's grown on me. Yeah, man. I, I, digging into the numbers, watching him, I don't see it. Of course, I'm rooting for him. I'm rooting for every single Chief because we need these guys to be playing well if we want to win another Super Bowl. So, uh, but $15 million. $15 million is a lot of money. And the Honey Badger has been playing well. So I think that deal will be scrutinized. Different in, style, in the though, man. It's a different style. The it, Chiefs, it, what, the Chiefs they, they, were, they were done with the business decisions. They were done with some missed tackles. They wanted to get more physical. There, there was an effort to try and lay the law down. They were trying to lay the wood. They knew Justin Reed is not the same coverage guy as Tyron, but they, in my opinion, they went Who in is? a different way. No, no, exactly. And so it, it, Tyron Matthews is one of the best coverage safeties in the NFL, but they wanted to get more physical. And how did they get more physical? That's with the Justin Reed. So I think there was an effort there personally. Yeah, and, and, and it's not... You have to make some tough decisions this offseason. You have a wide receiver problem. You have a Legere Sneed situation. You have a Chris Jones situation. So when you look at contracts like Justin Reed and MVS, where you can get out from them and, and clear up some money, and these guys aren't like linchpins of the team, you have to you have to keep your guys that that are the real difference makers around, in my opinion. Yeah. All right, the Chiefs will likely now play a road playoff game for the first time in Mahomes' career. That's okay, because home field is overrated. Man, I'm pumping here. It really hurts me because I love Arrowhead, and I do think it can make a difference. The atmosphere is unlike any other in the league. But we've seen the Chiefs lose the AFC championship there twice. So it's not like they're unbeatable at Arrowhead. I also think Patrick Mahomes, you got to hear the second half of my part uh, of my take Patrick Mahomes, I think has a little bit of this. I relish being the villain. And I think players like him going on the road in a playoff setting He's that perfect kind of player that would like to do that, that I think would relish doing that and will, will thrive in that role. I don't think any, any uh, road stadium, road crowd in the NFL can intimidate him. He will, he will see that as a challenge and rise to the occasion. I uh, like John. The bye week is, in fact, not overrated. The bye week, correct. Home field advantage, maybe. But I will say there's no place like Mahomes, pal. If they brought back Rock and Roll Part Two, I'm gonna I'm gonna die on this hill. If they bring back Rock and Roll Part Two, and after every touchdown they say they're gonna beat the hell out of you, I tell you what, Arrowhead, no games would ever be lost again. I, I don't make the rules. I just um, fucking Gary Glitter, God. 
song slaps, dude. It's incredible. Well, I, 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 everything. I, I agree. I agree. He, he is an extremely problematic uh, artist, obviously. And a lot this of is a, are. Uh, yeah. I, I will I, I will also say I, I'm slightly pumping. I do think Homefield over is slightly overrated. Like I, I do think to an extent, right? I think it can be. I think there is some mystique about Arrowhead and the crowd and all that stuff. In the day, what matters more? How you're playing? Are you healthy? And I'm with you. I think Mahomes' plan on the road is going to prove a point. Same thing. The Chiefs have been good on the road. Um, well, quite, quite frankly, when you are as good as the Chiefs have been in the Mahomes era, you're good no matter where you are, home or away. So there's not oh, this crazy sample size difference. But um, I think being healthy, I think playing some good football means way more than home field advantage at this point in the season. You nailed it. Being healthy is one of the biggest determining factors in who ends up playing on Super Bowl Sunday. We've seen that time and time again. And it, it also affects who wins. I mean, Eric Fisher, that Eric Fisher injury basically was the biggest blow, I think, to the Chiefs' uh, Super Bowl 55 chances. So we're totally in alignment there. I'm mostly concerned about the Chiefs getting healthy and and getting some momentum back before the postseason. Before I let you take us out of here, this, I think, perfectly exemplifies the Chiefs. From angry, drunken German, always appreciate you. Get back in the Discord more often, dude. You're a good guy. I like talking to you in there. Uh, says, our wide receivers either catch or don't. The geography doesn't really matter. Yep. It's like that quote, no matter where you go, there you are. And, you know, we're stuck with Tony and more and MVS and Watson, our Twitter page proposed the question, if we had a survivor for the Kansas City Chiefs wide receiver room out of those four guys, who are you picking to stay? Me, because I want that contract. Uh, well, I can't do anything with that answer. Was it for, in, You said MVS, Watson, Sky Moore, and who? And Kadarius Tony. Oh, Tony. It's a close call be- between Kadarius Tony and Justin Watson. Tony has the the juice. He's electric. He's just a knucklehead. And and Watson is limited, but he's the most dependable of the group. So, MVS and Sky Moore. I mean, they, they're gone as far as I'm concerned. By the way, who's who's Ollie saying we, we we're we've called Baltimore trash? I said Baltimore's probably the best team in the AFC. They're the most complete team in the AFC right now. I don't, I don't know who's saying Baltimore is trash. How many times have I stood up for Lamar Jackson on this program? I mean, countless, countless. I, I, I'm it's worried. crazy. You stand up all the time, and all I can see is your belly button. It's really weird. You you cut your shirts where there's just a hole right there. Yeah, but nobody ever knows because I don't stand up very often. You can't – don't want to expose that midriff. Uh, so <laughs> before we go completely off the rails, that's all we've got, addicts. Big props to the chat especially for that super chat. We love it. We appreciate you. Keep showing up for us and we will keep creating more content. Before you roll out, do us a favor, mash that like button, consider subscribing if you aren't already. And if you aren't already, come on, man, come on. We want you to be an addict. We want you to be part of the family. If you're an audio listener on either Apple or Spotify, consider giving us a five-star rating. Uh, You can leave us a question in there too. We'll try to get to it. All that helps us reach more addicts. We will be back next Wednesday at 4.30 p.m. Central right here on the Arrowhead Attic channel. 
until then, go Chiefs. Bet MGM has an unreal deal for sports fans in Virginia. Turn $5 into $150 instantly when you place your first wager at Bet MGM. Simply download the Bet MGM app and sign up using code CHAMPION150. Then, place a $5 wager on any sport. You'll receive $150 in bonus bets, regardless of your wager's outcome. And if you think the fun stops there, the king of sportsbooks has plenty of surprises in store. Check out daily promotions, same game parlays, live bets, and so much more. Download the app in Virginia today and get $150 in bonus bets instantly from your first wager only at BetMGM. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. 21 plus only. Virginia only. New customer offer. Subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Please gamble responsibly. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Promotional offer not available in Washington, D.C.